0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield.
1: What a beautiful throw by the Baker. Big Hasta la vista, baby! down!
2: Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. This is your Friday edition. Hopefully you and your family had a fantastic Thanksgiving feast, I know we did a couple different visits, which uh you know by the end of the day, that last meal starts to get real rough. you go to the other family member's house, you're eating the same thing again, and uh not like the day after leftovers, which I think have a nice sweet spot but the but the second or third meal that you get involved in it's the same things gets a little brutal so a lot of uh, a lot of tired feelings yesterday. Needed some naps that we weren't able to get around here, but we pushed through. And hopefully, you guys had a great Thanksgiving as well. Excited to bring back in John Colosimo to join us on our Friday edition. John, how are you, my friend?
3: Doing excellent, Jake. You know, I mean, uh, it's my favorite holiday. So, uh, and I'm I'm with you on the. Uh, I haven't had to travel like that, but when I was younger. Um, I used to do that. So uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I haven't had to deal with that in uh, a few years, but, uh, spirits are up, man. I, you know, we get the four days off, um, get the, get the good meal. Uh, what I love about Thanksgiving is, um, it's kind of like untouched by commercial messes. You know, it's, it's still just family football and food. Yeah, no, how, how can bad.
2: you go wrong? How can your favorite holiday not be the one built around food alone? You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm just a fatty, but whatever. Like hey. it's just my favorite. So I'm with you. All right. Well, th- we had a we had a fiasco over here. We tried to deep fry our turkey, but the deep fryer was <laughs> uh, was not functioning the way that I felt comfortable deep frying a turkey. The propane was kind of getting a little leaky. And I saw it light up toward the wrong side of this thing one time. I'm like, nope, pulling the plug on that. <laughs> so we had to go to good old Bob Evans to grab a turkey for this one on the day of Thanksgiving for my family. So that was uh that was a nice treat. But otherwise, pretty uneventful and good food and good times and good people and that's all we can ask for, right?
3: Absolutely, man. Alright, well let's let's
2: talk around the NFL. So I think the thing that we you and I try to take like an overarching um you know thought about the rest of the league and where it's at and the thing that just continues to stand out to me above anything else is how weird and wild and unpredictable it feels like it has been I mean Tennessee the team that's started to look like it was taking advantage and 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 putting its foot down on the rest of the AFC loses to to Houston who's terrible and we've seen Buffalo lose to Jacksonville and then get blown out by by uh by by I think a I don't know. Maybe the Colts are better than I think they are, but they get blown out. I mean, we've seen the Dolphins upset the, the Ravens. We, it just feels like there's there's less a gap between the good and bad of the NFL than there ever has been. And, I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong there. It just feels like it. And then I saw a stat, too, that said last year there were seven quarterbacks when the year finished who were 70 QBR and above. Now, obviously, we have plenty of time for someone to get there, but as it sat yesterday... There was not a single quarterback with a 70-year... And I, I think the number's right. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong there. But there's a, there's a number that QBR was above... Seven quarterbacks were above it last year. There are not, there's not a single one that's above it this year. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, uh, crowd noise involved again. You know, the pressure with more people in the stadium. You know, obviously the environment makes it harder to switch plays, things like that. I'm not sure, but um, those two things stood out to me. Do you align with those, John, about quarterback play struggling a little bit because of environment maybe Uh, even home environment as we heard from baker mayfield um and then just the weirdness of maybe it's because we're focused on the afc where it's especially weird but i just feel like the gap is closing i i don't know it's just uh, it's unpredictable man and it feels very strange i've always thought there's a lot of injury unpredictability i've thought that over the years but Mm -hmm. it just feels like Okay, who's good and who's not? Is it just like to get the right week at the right time? I I don't know, man.
3: Yeah, no, this is a this is a wacky year. I mean, like flat out, I think unpredictable is probably the right word. Um, you know, I do like a, you know pick them league uh, every year, and you pick five games against the spread, and um, it's been absolutely brutal. Um, and I just. You know, it's like you said. You don't know who's good. Uh, you don't know how good anybody is. Um, and I think it's just league wide. I mean, you just pick a team. You know, with, whether it's Kansas City, like uh, who's who's having the year that they expected to have. You know, maybe sort of Tampa Bay, um, but even that can be week to weeks. Uh, you know, we've got a few left, but um, I don't. I still don't know. Here we sit in you know what is this week twelve, uh, um, and I have no idea what's going to happen here. Like, uh, you know, anything that I thought weeks ago is, uh, is you know, under fire. And, you know, as, as far as predicting who's going to end up with this trophy, I mean, you basically just got to stick with priors almost. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it's almost impossible to predict week, week to week. And, you know, like you said, like Tennessee had uh, run off this streak. They beat like three, four of the best teams in the NFL, supposedly. Oh, and uh, then they get their their butts kicked by Izzy's not, I, you know, I think they're they're a solid team. I think uh, Carson has had a better year than I expect, certainly um, the way it began. Remember, like he had the thing and, you know, they didn't even know if he was going to play for a while. It's just this is a really, really strange year. And for me, it's a it's I'm, it's one I'm going to remember. Um, just for its quirkiness.
2: It is. It is full of, you know, a bunch of we think this team is good, maybe they're not good. I don't know. I, I know there's there's obviously been plenty of stories of teams that have won the Super Bowl who started out with records that, um, you know, the 6-4, and 7-3 and three type of range where maybe they're not dominating the league like you thought. It just to me has felt like, you know, we've thought teams were going to be good in this league this year, and then it's like, okay, why are they losing to this team? doesn't totally make a ton of sense or whatever. And I don't know if it's like there's better talent across the league now, like where the basement of the NFL has been raised, so you can't sleep through some of the games that some teams have been able to, in the past, sleep through. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if it's more injuries than usual causing teams that are good or who have, have snuck in some nice records to then you know sort of be – uh shorthanded in important spots and teams are finding is the coaching better is the coaching able to pinpoint more weaknesses does the increased volume of passing around the NFL lead to more variation in results some weeks your passing stuff is fine other weeks it's not there's there's probably a really good study to be done on this I'm not going to be the guy to do it but I just uh it's just something I've been thinking lately I just feel like I've I've been involved in the NFL whether closely watching it or writing on it or something for a while and this is the weirdest season i can remember like i just don't i don't feel I think, like i know who's good and that's strange like i just feel like any team any week can beat anybody and that's that's more prevalent than i feel like it used to
3: be you know what i'm saying no i yeah and i i you know i'm treating it as like a you know a one off and i i don't necessarily my uh, my view of it is that this is just a weird year uh, i don't think there's going to be uh, I think people will try, and I will definitely read those studies to to figure things out, but I don't think that there's gonna be an overarching theme that explains what happens this year, and I think we're headed for the kind of year where truly um whoever gets hot at the end is gonna come out on top. I think that's just watch watch for who's really you know good these last two three weeks of the season and uh and that's probably who's got the best shot coming into these playoffs as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yep. I mean, who's healthy too. I think healthy is, the, is obviously every year a big factor, but, but the health will will swing a lot of these things uh, as, as they traditionally do, but uh, is is continuity stuff gets challenged as you get late in the year. I do think there is a relative coaching, uh, uh, an uptick in coaching quality in terms of deciphering weaknesses of teams. I've actually been pretty impressed mm. when watching, Teams play the Browns, pinpointing a lot of the weaknesses that they have, and exploiting them at a higher clip than I think the Browns have been able to do to some other teams. In uh, maybe this is me focusing more on the Browns' defense and how teams have manipulated them, but definitely something I've noticed. And I think across the league, at least from people that I listen to uh, who who comment across the league, it's like there's a lot of conversation about well, the, the you know this the X team's offense knew exactly where they wanted to go, and it's it's just uh it could be something again, I think there's more than what I'm just saying right now, but sure. there's there's something going on here that is that is a little bit more abnormal than I think it's just to me than just a a a one off where I think this might be the norm for the n f l going forward where oh, it, might not, no. it, may, <laughs> it might not make as much sense as we think it does um from week to week and it's you know i always say this on this podcast the motivation business stuff where social media is now so popular that anything that is said it's just it feels like it drives across to the team the other team and not taking them serious. you know and it's not even just like a player said bulletin board material but it's everybody telling you you're gonna win you know you know it didn't used to be that way where everybody was saying the certain, but if you, if you read enough or if you follow the certain people that you follow that cover the team and they think the team's going to win, you start to believe it's just going to happen by showing up. And I do think that that could have a little part of it too, but I also could be an idiot. Who's just searching for reasoning behind just a one-off season. Like you're saying probably higher odds than that. But um, I want to ask you real quick before we switch over, we watched the, we watched the, the Turkey Turkey games yesterday. And I found myself wondering who would win I think even somebody had tweeted it out. Maybe that's where my mind went to it. But who would win, the 2017 Browns or the 2021 Lions? And I'm, 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 ha- I'd have to lean. I think I'd lean Browns. I actually think I would. I, I, I think the Lions are pretty terrible. Like really <laughs> terrible. I actually think the Browns would be able to get that done with Sean Kaiser. Where are you at on that? Didn't prepare you for uh, this question, but your gut, your gut's going to tell you one thing or the other. That Lions team is putrid right now.
3: It's it's bad. It's bad. They they have some uh, some okay stuff in the trenches. Um, they got more confident quarterback play than Kaiser. I mean, if you recall the all time um, red zone numbers that he had, that mm-hmm. were so bad in the red zone. I, I mean, historic. Um, and ultimately, uh, you know, yeah, you hit me with that. Um, you know, from uh, from my blind side here, but. Uh, Hugh Jackson. I still like Dan Campbell more than Hugh Jackson. I mean, I uh, I have like almost a personal hatred for Hugh, um, as so uh, I I can't possibly take the Browns in that. But you know, these Lions are really bad, and uh, it should be. You know, it's interesting because those Browns actually did play hard for Hugh. They did that whole year. So it, it's similar to that. I think I think these Lions play hard for for Dan as well, but. Um yeah, I, I'm gonna lean on the Hugh versus Dan Campbell and I don't know how historically that's gonna play out, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make my money betting against Hugh Jackson.
2: I think a lot of people made a lot of money doing exactly what you just said, so probably the <laughs> safe way to go. I'm actually pretty surprised how the public opinion um has swayed on Dan Campbell, who I think everybody was ready to bury before he even started. And Correct. has seemed to do a nice job of like balancing out some of the traditional football stuff or almost playing into it, you know, like leaning into that stuff. And,
3: and, uh, but he does some smart things, you know. It's funny because he said, except for when up. they played the Browns.
2: I mean, they wanted to lose that <laughs> yeah, game. Know, oh, my
3: goodness. They tried pretty hard. I mean, uh, you know, guys, there isn't the big, uh, there isn't a big, uh, pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. You could have won that game and, uh, um, it would have been fine. It's not like there's a, an Andrew Luck there waiting for you, and you got to make sure you got to lose these games. But yeah, you're right. They, Ooh. they really were on a mission to lose that game.
2: They did everything they could, man. What did they <laughs> kicked that field goal? Then they wouldn't go for it on a fourth
3: and three. I mean, like. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's a bad week for me to say that he's done some <laughs> overall, overall in the year. He's he's been. I guess he set the bar so low, and then it turned out he was actually doing, you know, data wise, some uh, some smart things like fourth down decisions and stuff like that. Um, when it looked like he was just going to be a straight, uh, you know, donkey uh, with some of that, you know, talk in the off season. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's probably the wrong week for me to say they've done some smart things. But uh, I'm really talking about the you know, from the low bar, they set.
2: well, we're, we're eyeing you up, Detroit. We empathize with you. (laughs) Um, we've been there and hopefully you guys can turn around. Like you said, though, there is not, I mean, I think that the, the Thibodeau kid from Oregon is pretty solid and there's some other good football players. I think this draft will be more of a depth draft than it will be a highlight at the top of the draft type of
3: Draft. Oh, some very good players. Yeah. I, I guess I mean uh, quarterback wise. No, you know? I, I think the, I
2: think yeah. there's. I I just think this is going to be like a the, look at all of the pretty solid players that ended up coming out of this draft, and it's not mm-hmm. going to be like a ton of Hall of Fame type guys. I just uh, I'm with you. I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm I'm definitely with. I wouldn't tank for any one player in this draft. I'd have no desire to do that. Even you know, it's not even a chase young to me that's no. out there that's floating in this thing that would make you feel great about that first or, or a Bosa or a Miles or anything like that. Because you can you can tank for the right edge player. I think you can feel good about that yeah. if you get that guy. But um, this one is a weird one. So anyway, good luck, Detroit. Let's shift to the <laughs> AFC uh, North, as we always do. It, it, the Bengals end up, uh, surprisingly, the game started really strange. I, I actually thought they were going get, to get it handed to them a little bit there. But then they ended up rallying, and somehow – Thirty-two to thirteen, the Raiders. Who, and again, I know the Raiders are going through it, but the Raiders we just saw yesterday beat Dallas. They're fighting, they're clinging, and it's like to me, the the message I have about Cincinnati is, yeah, the Browns got them really well at home, but they're not going anywhere. I re- I really think they're they're on their way to ten wins or more. Like I could see them get. I mean, they go. Pittsburgh, I fully expect them to beat a beat-up Pittsburgh team. They host the Chargers, who I don't think are quite as good as people thought they were going to be after they beat Cleveland early in the year. They host the 49ers, winnable. Um, they go to Denver, winnable. Host the Ravens, nah, probably don't win that one. But then you have a home game against the Chiefs and Bengals. I mean, like what are they six and five right now or six and four? Six and four I mean, yeah. do you see four wins there? Potentially I could see him winning three and then you coin flip three others. I just think they're going to be around, man.
3: Yeah. The way that this season has gone, um, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, um, you know, they absolutely have a shot here, you know, so they we'll see. I mean, you know, they, they've been consistent in certain ways. Um, you know, they're, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they could they could end up with 10 and that and that would be very different than what I thought. Not that different. I mean, I, you know, I didn't but I didn't see him <clears throat> being above 500. And now we could be talking, you know, 10 and seven pretty easy.
2: They they just have enough skill talent and, and Joe does enough. I mean, those three receivers that if you're not on point like Cleveland was when they played them, if you have any laps in coverage, I mean, if you look back at that game, go through the statistics of it. This is who they are. They find a way to get Joe Mixon going. I mean, he goes for 123 yards and two touchdowns. He's healthy, playing good football. And then you just, even when you hold down, I mean, Tyler Boyd led the group six for 49, Jamar Chase three for 32. And and it's like when the defense shows up and plays relatively good football, creates a couple turnovers, all of a sudden they've put 30 points on you. So that's why I think people... Might have underestimated them. And the people, when I say people, it's including me, healthy Joe Mixon, not a very good player last year. We thought might be slipping a little bit. But when he's really playing good football, he's a tough cover. And then you mix in the passing talent, and you got a pretty dangerous group there that, despite Joe Burrow only throwing for 148 yards, they're able to hang <laughs> 32 points on the board. So they're different than I think, different in a way that I think I underestimated them. So I, since I, he I again think about- has my attention.
3: Think about you know the the wide receiver core there that they are putting on the field this week compared to what we will be putting out on the field.
2: It's it's impressive. I said yeah. it when they drafted him, man. Like that. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for Tyler Boyd. I think he's a tough football player. And when I was calling their three wide receiver group, which again, they run a ton of 11 personnel. And why would you not? It is one of the most impressive groups in the NFL.
3: And they, It's a good tight ends as well. And they're, they're and solid they're guys. Yeah. Uzoma's been really yeah. good for
2: them this year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I don't look forward to playing them again. And I think they're going to have a really nice run for the next five years or so. As far as contention, Pittsburgh, get some karma delivered back into their lap. I was like just sitting in my chair, watching this game with, with LA thinking there's, how how could this happen? Like, how could a blocked punt, <laughs> um, among other things, leads to a whole bunch of goofiness? And it's like, I'm just, like, how how can L.A. let this game slip away like that? Now, Justin Herbert did Justin Herbert things, and they ended up winning the game because of a busted coverage and a nice Joey Bosa sack late. But, man, just amazed that Pittsburgh could could hang around. But the thing that's amazing to me, really, truly amazing, is that despite all of the production you know they and they they went for uh 37 points now largely based off the block punt like I said and then they had a turnover a batted ball way up in the air that ends up getting intercepted they only went for 300 yards there's still a putrid offense in my opinion Ben put together his best performance of the year 273 yards and three touchdowns but they only went 39 rushing yards on the ground for Najee Harris and it's like that's the best version and, and, and if the best version for them is only going to get 300 yards, I still, I still can't take Pittsburgh serious. So I, I don't, I don't view them as a serious contender. Uh, they, they're going to win some games still that they should win, that they shouldn't win because of draft position that they should, they should be looking at how they get their team right for the next Whatever amount of years, I don't know how that'll happen for them. I I don't have a problem with them, I guess, John, winning eight, nine games. I think I even called it before the year that even though they weren't going to be very good, I was like, I could still see them getting to nine wins or so just by nature of who they are. But I'm just happy that they're winning these games at this point because it gives them a worse draft pick and a draft that they'll need to get something good to keep keep moving forward. So I'm just I, – I guess I'm still collectively not worried about Pittsburgh this year, and I don't see how they ever become what they used to be because I, I guess unless they land a trade for one of these
3: quarterbacks in the offseason, right? Yeah, and I guess that's a that's a possibility, but, you know, I'll have to see it to believe it. You know, they um, – you know, Pittsburgh, this just isn't going to be the year that they fix it. You know, they nobody's going to convince me that – they're going to get a one-year fix. Now they've got, you know, some good bones um, and maybe they take one of these quarterbacks and, you know, I've, I've been telling you know, this quarterback, I'm sure there'll be some quarterback that hits in this draft, um, but nobody's going to know which one it is. <laughs> and um, hopefully it's not one that uh, the Steelers, you know, I would like to see them grab a quarterback, like we said uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, and put a few years into a bad quarterback, but You know, uh, I don't think there's going to be a quick fix. So anybody thinking, oh, yeah, we'll just um, we'll grab Aaron Rodgers. No, it's not happening. I don't Um,
2: think it is either. I don't think it is either. I mean, they could get Russell Wilson or something. I mean, it's not like people would hate to play for Pittsburgh, granted, like where the organization's been for all those years. It's not like you're taking a flyer on an organization that doesn't try to support its rosters you know what I'm saying but But you
3: can you even imagine though that you know the Steelers have been like a very if nothing else a steady conservative franchise for my whole life Uh, could you imagine them making a crazy blockbuster trade for a veteran quarterback that just seems so out of character for the organization as a whole I just can't wrap my head around that idea
2: Well, I guess it's like they stumbled into Ben and they never needed to, right? I don't know what they True. did before Ben. I mean, I know those were like Tommy Maddox days, right? Yeah, Maddox some, and um, some ugly quarterbacks, right? Oh, some bad ones, yeah. I just um, absolutely. I I guess it's how I I what what tells me they might is how aggressive they were with Minka Fitzpatrick and willing to give up. A first round pick to do it, you know? I'm with you. I'm with you. It's just like, if they're willing to do that for a safety, why wouldn't they be willing to do that if a quarterback really, Russell Wilson's really available? I'm totally with you. I think it's easy for us sometimes to like, think that certain organizations won't do things at quarterback because they've always been good. Well, it's like, well, why would they need to, right? They, they did it the right way and kudos. I mean, Roethlisberger panned out and all of that with the pick you took him at, but like. When they get desperate, when their back's up against the wall, will they come off of that? I think I'd be more surprised if Baltimore ended up being a team that had done that had not they not landed Lamar. But Pittsburgh seems just – I'm just hunching it based off of the Minka thing where it was like, really? That seems like a (laughs) – that just seems super aggressive and at a time where they didn't really know what Ben was going to be. So they were – They were really, because Ben was like coming off surgery at that point, or his, his, it was maybe before his surgery. I can't remember the year where he ruptured that elbow up or whatever he did. I think they might have made the minka trade before that, but they at least knew Ben was, he was pushing the limit here. I mean, it's not like he was coming off all these great seasons and he was still trending young. So they were aggressive about it there at that point when there were some good quarterback drafts coming. So I don't know. They did they, it with
3: Devin Bush, too. Even the Devin is, Bush thing was uh, bonkers, in my opinion, as far as uh, it's what you were good. doing. Well, yeah, you know, He looks
2: putrid. I know he's coming
3: off the I thought it was bad at the time. Like You just don't, you don't trade that kind of draft capital to move up for a linebacker. I, I just agree. don't. Um, I, I thought it was bad at the time. You know it, the Minka one has worked out probably better than that one, and I thought that one was bad, just from a you know a resource standpoint. Um, you know, long term, these guys should pay for those two moves, um, and I hope that they're not bailed out by a um, a idiotic move by Pete Carroll and the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. I would hope we'll Seattle
2: see. can decipher that they need to keep him over keep
3: him over Pete. But yeah, they, but it's always been a weird thing out there with them. They've never been like, you know, even even when he was getting his first raise, they were, you know, they he had to pry it out of out of Pete Carroll just to get that first raise. <laughs> it's never felt like that was um, a good marriage between those two.
2: Well, I hope they don't. I hope they don't luck into something like that because that would be, it would be really annoying. Like you said, it'd be fun to watch them toil around for a while trying to figure out quarterback. Like, we I feel like we deserve we deserve to watch that. Not that the NFL cares about what a fan base deserves or not, but I would just <laughs> it would be a really fun thing to watch because I'm tired of watching Baltimore and Pittsburgh just continually keep these trains moving along. So, um talking about Baltimore, I again, they're the cockroaches, man. They they will not <laughs> they they end up giving up a late score. They're starting uh Huntley and and they figure it out, and it doesn't make any sense how they figured out how to win that game, but they did, and um, they are to me. Until if Cleveland goes and beats them this week, and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, they're they're just they're the favorites in the division. I know they lost that Miami game, and I know it was weird and um, all of that, and uh, we thought it gave a big recipe for how to beat them, but I just. It's a mixture at this point. It's a mixture of a franchise that that is expected to win a bunch of people, coaches, players who have formed their identity on that winning in a in a mixture of two of, of ridiculous luck. And it's just that's just what it is. You know what I mean? It's like fortitude and toughness and uh, belief that you're going to win because that's all you've ever done maybe since you've gotten into the NFL or that's what the coaching staff teaches you to do the right things to win there. But it's also as, asinine luck at the same time, right? Where it's yep. just that that's what their season is at this point, and you have to you have to just expect it. If you don't expect it, then that's on you, in my opinion, and and you have to do everything you can to put these guys away. But I'm I'm worried about this week. But I definitely think Baltimore has earned the right to be the favor or the fa- the favorite in this division at this point.
3: Yeah, I got to be honest. I'm I'm very pessimistic at this point. Um, looking at the season with the Browns and with um, this division, you know, this uh, you know, a month ago, you know, you're talking about, or maybe a little more than a month ago, you're talking about this division as, you know, maybe the best in the, uh, you know, in the sport this year. Um, now I see this division as, um, you know, a group of decent football teams that have absolutely no chance that hold no trophy at the end of the year
2: i i do i do too i kind of feel like maybe we're we're losing uh or or miscalculating the idea of being a really good division with being a bunch of bad teams that are just kind of like uh mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just bad teaming each other in roulette fashion that that's yep. definitely that's definitely fair I, I don't think cleveland is who we thought they were whether that's because of what we're going to talk about with Baker and the injuries or, or whatever it's turned into, they're definitely not who we thought they were going to be. And um I think that's true of some other teams in the division as well. So let's transition. I mean, you haven't had a real chance. You didn't talk last week, John. So, um, you know, we saw him struggle with new England and then we saw him struggle here in, in just a wild form against the lions where it was like, you know, It was uncomfortable. I think the best word is it was uncomfortable, where you saw him just hurting them, like actively hurting them. And um, I've speculated all week, whether through my own, uh, just talking to myself or having guests on about whether this decision to play him, who it's coming from, because I'm, I'm just totally not sure who it's coming from at this point, because it's weird to me that we can all see it and nobody else is seeing it, but... I I don't know. I don't I, I like I said. I don't think they're 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 uh, Russell crowing Baker Mayfield out there as a gladiator. I don't think they're forcing him to go out there and play. I definitely think he thinks he can play, but to me, it's like okay, we can see it. It's pretty clear Kevin's frustrated on the sidelines. But there is there like a mandate that hey, if he's gonna if he's cleared and he says he wants to play, he plays. No questions asked. Like I don't I just don't know if we're there. But but maybe you can add some light to what you've been thinking about the whole
3: situation. No, it's a mess. It's a mess. And um, yeah, I think that uh, the organization, you know, as far as uh, playing enough, you know, I, I think people might be overrate our backup, um, you know, to where you think, you know, why, why are they playing him over, over case or, or whatever the case, I I just don't think they have much going on at the position, no matter who goes out there. And Baker is beat to crap right now, and uh, and he's playing poorly besides that. Um, and, I, you know, at this point, like I said, uh, I'm feeling very pessimistic. Uh, I, I wonder how much damage you can do just uh, – and I'm not talking physically uh, – how much damage that you can do uh, in the final six games of this season. Um, I think that, you know, locker room-wise, like how bad can he play – um how much of an effect can that have on the teammates um can you hold the locker room with a quarterback playing this badly um who's... and also
2: to john like the fans where yeah. it's is it going to be like okay baker clearly impacted not himself by injuries whatever and the fans are booing and whether that is all booing wow. Mayfield or all yeah. booing the team's performance in general um I don't think people have talked enough about that where it's like, okay, they're yeah. maybe not just booing Baker. They're probably booing everybody because they're playing poorly. But then it's like, okay, if Baker were missing these games in case Keenum were str- was in there and they were still struggling, it'd be like, well, we'll get Baker back next year and, and all those good... But then, you're, but then this year, it's like, okay, we're putting him out there and he's not playing well and it's obvious why he's maybe not playing well. Or not, you know. There are some things I think the injuries are impacting, some things I think that his own issues. But like... It's getting to well, a point you know, it's getting to a point where I think that the that it's clearly affecting Baker like the the booing is giving him issues he's commenting on them he's clearly bothered by them he's walking off the field he's not talking to anybody skipping media you know responsibility so mm-hmm. it's like it's not just the locker room which I think you're spot on about like I just think maybe it, it, you start to worry about it if it continues on the path it's going doing damage to how he feels about Cleveland and how Cleveland feels about him right
3: oh yeah like this is spiraling to depths that uh, I never saw as a possibility. And uh, and you know what? Like, I'm going to say this, um, you know, Emily, shut the F up, man. You know, and that's not about, like, being a woman or anything like that. She is not helping this. And, you know, putting this bullshit out on social media is just stoking the fans' fires. Like, Cleveland can get ugly. You got to know that. Like, it's not... You know, I'm not talking about myself, but those guys in the stands. I mean, we're the we're the team that cheered when, you know, our quarterback got hurt. Don't forget that the same people are here. And it could you know, we're we're approaching that kind of ugliness in the fan base right now. And uh, we got six games of this left. I mean, Jesus, like I I, I'm I'm. Like I said, like uh, I'm in a bad place, like looking at this, and you know, me personally, you know, obviously, I, I'm just kind of getting dejected. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to lash out on anybody. You know, I'm certainly not booing or you know, or, or any of those things. But uh, I'm telling you that things, if you think they can't get worse, it can, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, it absolutely might. And so
2: also, like maybe don't take the opinion of seven seventy percent of the crowd that's just absolutely hammered, drunk, like. Yeah, I wouldn't get too too offended by those folks. I mean, like, I think there's a lot of people that have really good perspective on this, and then there's you know they're they're drunk and stupid. Like, it's yeah, I, I get it. You're gonna be offended anytime somebody boos you. I, it's it's human nature, but you're not dealing with to know the how smartest bad he's playing, people. Though, right? That's the thing he that
3: has to that, know that how bad he is
2: playing. Yeah, that's where you start to worry about what Nate Tice said earlier in the year, which is that lack of self-awareness for him as a player and does that lack of self-awareness creep into how he perceives he's playing do you know what i mean like he thinks "Eh, i'm not playing too bad i've hit some of these throws you don't know what i'm dealing with injury wise well no man if you go view this from a neutral perspective here dude you were literally hurting the team like you were missing several open throws your turnovers that are hurting the team that are clearly if you look at the coaches what he's saying after them and you know, you look at the defense and how they play in response to a turnover you make. It's like, yeah, you have to understand how bad you're hurting the team and skipping media stuff
3: and... is bad. It's bad. I yeah, I, it's a bad look. I don't care about it as much as as some people on that regard, and I don't believe the he's not talking to the teammates thing. But uh, no, with, that part you know, I, don't I don't believe I don't... either. You, but you yeah. got you
2: would agree. You 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 have to talk to the media. You, you it's it's yeah. like it's your league responsibility, man. True. It's, yeah, it's... I mean, it's in the contracts. I'm with you though. I think listen. I don't want to talk to some of those guys either. Tr- trust me. I'm not like begging you to talk to the media. But part of being the leader of a franchise is you have to face it, no matter when you have to. You know, the good True, or the bad. Absolutely. The You're good right. or the bad. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Where where do you think it goes? How how do you feel about him this weekend? It's a dangerous game.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?
3: Oh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. First of all, you know, uh, the expectations were so high. This team has underperformed just about in every imaginable way. And like I said, I, I you know, th- this week, there's no reason to be. <laughs> God, I, you know, I'm the wrong person to be talking to right now. There's no reason to be hopeful right now. <laughs> so, like, even yeah. if, like, here, here's why, here's where I am right now, and and I apologize if this is not good for a pod, but you know. This team, you know, could e- – even in the best of scenarios, this team comes out and wins this division, uh, which is almost impossible. Um, even if they won, they can't beat anybody in the playoffs. This team is, is is not good. And they could come out and win this week, and, you know, I'll cheer for that. But, uh, you know, it's not going to make me think they're going to come out of the bye week and win again. Um, I, I don't see the path here. And uh, all at this point I'm hoping for is damage control um and that requires them to start playing better and feel good by the end of the year and it's hard to see how that happens right now and i just hope like and and then you deal with the problems with him going forward he's under contract next year um but you know and i've been 100% convinced that he's going to be the quarterback next year but i'm not sure now you know honestly god it it can get so bad so toxic um that that might not be the case. They might take uh, extreme steps at the quarterback position after this year um, and uh, and find a way to move on if it gets much uglier. And like I said, I mean, six games is a long time, guys. It's a long time. It's a lot of bad football. If you play bad football for these next six games – I can't say that they won't do something extremely drastic, you know, and I mean drastic because he's got guaranteed money next year. He's going to be banged up. He's going to be untradeable basically, you know, so things, (laughs) things could be really bad and and they could be looking at where they just eat that money and move on. I don't know. I don't either. That's where
2: I'm at. That's a great point about the, the banged up situation. If he had gone out after week two and gotten the surgery, he would definitely be coming into this year next year. I mean, with a with a clean okay. bill of health but he's decided to fight through it and whatever, you know, cool. You made that choice, but there's going to be an off-season surgery and it's like will he be ready to really go for next year? That's a
3: that's a not big question. Not for another team. No, right? not yeah, like, I mean, not to feel another, good about another, trading him. Another team would have to get him. You got to get your quarterback early. You're not going to get your quarterback in training camp. And um, you know, so like for any for any situation where people think that you know another team might want to grab a quarterback, it's going to be you know at our round time, and there is almost zero possibility that he could pass a physical in that time. So, you know, really limited options, and uh, um, I just all I'm all I'm hoping for right now is to stop the ugliness, and uh, that requires playing better. And I don't know what's going to happen. I just I just really hope this doesn't come to a crescendo of awfulness. Well that that's what you're
2: that's what you're looking at here. We'll talk about how they beat Baltimore real quick cuz I think it's pretty it's pretty easy yeah. to look at. Sure. I mean Baltimore's going to do what they always do, which is they're going to get down in your face, they're going to mug you, they're going to get you. I think they sit top 5 in the NFL in man coverage. They still bring more blitz in the top 10 in blitz percentage and do they have quick answers? I mean the okay, so there's two ways Baltimore struggled beat teams beating their man coverage, which if you look at Donovan people's Jones coming off the groin, you look at um you're not you're not gonna get anthony schwartz you're you're gonna look at Richard Higgins, who's just uh, apparently just not anywhere near the type of player he was in the past years, so you know you start adding up all of those things and Okay, they can't beat man coverage that well. They've gotten beat on some missed coverages where guys have run wide open and the quarterback has found them. I don't feel great about Baker Mayfield finding somebody with chaos around him. So it's like I don't know how they put up a ton of points other than doing what they do running the football. And that seems to me the only way that they're going to put up uh, any number of points the rest of the year, which is running the football ridiculously well. And that, again, paints a picture in and of itself, John, that they have to run the football to to put up a ton of points. But, you know, I, I, I just think offensively I'm really worried about it as far as a game where he's throwing fadeaway jumpers because they don't have enough men to block and he doesn't find a quick answer. And it's, it's pretty easy to see how Baltimore could get under his skin and confuse him in this game, right?
3: Yeah, no, I – I mean, you, you really hit the nail on the head as far as what I'm thinking. Uh, we we can't beat their man coverage. There's there's no reason to think that we can. Um, you know, Baker's not playing well. Uh, you're 100% right that, it, that the points are going to have to come from big plays in the running game. And I don't mean, yeah, I mean big plays. You know, not just general success. We're going to have to hit some home runs. And then the defense is going to have to do its Jekyll and Hyde thing and just have, you know, a week like they had against the Bengals. You know, that's... That's the only recipe for success against this team. Um, and, uh, you know, even if you play great defense like we did against the Bengals, you still got the Lamar factor. And you know how this Baltimore team has played. So if you, you know, there's, there's zero chance that there's ever going to be a point in this game where you feel like you're comfortable and we're going to win right yeah. all the way to the final bell there's there's no scenario where i can see the browns finding themselves where there's going to ever be a point in the game where you feel comfortable so um i just hope that it's entertaining i hope that the the defense can um can hold these guys down um and not embarrass themselves running after uh, lamar jackson uh and we can hit some home runs in the run game
2: do you think joe woods is audacious enough, I guess is the right word. I don't know. Uh, bold enough to try to replicate what some of Miami did, which clearly gave Lamar and the wide receivers issues. Or do you think he just says, we are who we are, and we're going to go do this. I'm not asking them to get kooky, like like drop their, eight, drop their defensive tackle 18 times in the coverage, like Baltimore did, and play catch man at 10 yards. But I do think there's some of that that they should be considering doing. Do you think they're bold enough to do that? Or do you think we'll just be chuckling about how they didn't do anything different and Lamar carved them up come Monday?
3: You know, it's weird. I, I, you know, I don't think much of Joe Woods at this point, but um, you know, it's a good question. I actually do. I I do think that they are capable of doing some weird stuff once in a while. Um, I don't know. I have no idea how to predict that, you know, because it's not predictable. He doesn't seem to, to adapt to the opponents very well. Uh, But once in a while, I have seen a couple of times this year where, uh, you know, just once or twice where we've come out and done some different stuff. So I I think that he has it in him, Um, you know. I feel (laughs) almost like um, the water boy, you know, where it's like last game of the year, Dan. Can't hold anything back now. (laughs) So... (laughs) I don't know. You know, I don't know whether he will. I do think he has it in him. I just don't have any way of predicting whether, you know, whether he will.
2: Yeah, everybody starts their playoff season at some point. Some teams start it in week 17. Some teams start it in week 4. Some teams start it in week 13 or whatever we're going to be in week 12. I think we're in week 13 now. I think like Cleveland has started their playoffs here in week 13, right? So um, they can't afford to lose any more games you know they can't afford to lose any of these so they they need to uh, at least split these two and then then you're looking at still some brutal games coming up so like to me they have although they can lose and still have percentage odds here i just feel like they can't afford to lose many more games period so this is like them starting the playoffs so hopefully we see them do some different things i i the 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 feeling you have, which I mean, I'm not trying to bum out all of our listeners and you've made great warnings about where you're at mentally with this team. I am in a very similar spot where even if they win a game or two that they shouldn't win the rest of the way, they are so tragically flawed. It is hard for me to take them as serious as we thought we were going to be taking them earlier in the year. So yeah, they're not a lost cause in terms of being able to win a football game or two the rest of the way, three, four, and even maybe getting to, to, to nine or 10 wins but like we saw them as actual Super Bowl contenders. We were really having those conversations even through yeah. early portions of this season. It is hard for me to believe that they have whatever whatever they need to win a Super Bowl, whatever that is, whether you want to whatever you want to quantify it. I just don't feel like there's a collectiveness, a cohesion and a performance happening from the individual parts that equal a great, you know, the great sum that you need to 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 go on and beat really good teams and win a super bowl. So, um, maybe not the Friday pod you were hoping for from a positivity perspective, but you know, we come on and give our opinions. And I think that, you know, more often than not, John, we've been pretty good about these in terms of accuracy. So, um, yeah, any closing words, any closing thoughts before the weekend?
3: Uh, you know, only one Yeah, you know, guys enjoy, enjoy your holiday, have a good time, you know, football, what happens on that field it's not your personal you know it doesn't it shouldn't reflect personally uh on how you feel too much so that that's my only closing thoughts i know it's been a little bit negative uh but overall uh you know life is good you know it's the holidays enjoy yourself don't live or die with what happens this sunday good
2: advice because it's uh it's got a potential to uh, be a death situation for somebody if they do. So uh, like, like John said, enjoy your, uh, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, um, whatever you do. Enjoy it. I should close with this too, John. What are you, how are you feeling about Ohio State of Michigan? What do you think it's uh, You think it's another <laughs> sl- situation where people think Michigan has a chance and it's like, yeah, well, when you look at the talent, they really don't have that much of an
3: opportunity here. My God! If, they, if the only chance they've got is if that pass rush just um, destroys Ohio State.
1: Yeah.
2: Other
3: than that, I saw the spread at, at minus seven and a half, and my eyes bulged. I immediately put my extremely modest bankroll on Ohio State, and I feel extremely good about that. I, I do, can't believe that the spread isn't higher.
2: I do think McNamara is a little more capable than what Michigan's been putting out there for the past five to ten years, but True. I just low bar. don't. I do very low bar. I just don't see them. Being able to consistently match Ohio State in points like I just feels like a maybe another 63 to 30 type, you know what I mean? Like, I yep. just the ta- the discrepancy of wide receiver talent is, it's wild. It's wild. And I think we're taking a little bit of it for granted at Ohio State, how good these these wide receivers are so hopefully that game goes the way we anticipate it will hopefully you guys get with family enjoy it have a great time it's a primetime sunday night game which i absolutely hate we will be on here at the obr late uh, i think we'll be in an hour before the game seven o'clock uh so you guys can join us before and join us after i'm sure we'll be talking to john over the course of the next week or so we appreciate your time john
3: Hey, have a good one. Uh, It's great talking to you. Have a good holiday, buddy. You too, my friend. All
2: right, guys, thanks for joining us today. Have a great Friday. Enjoy your, like we said, enjoy your weekend with family. Enjoy your weekend with good football. One of the last few good college and NFL weekends combined, um, which sucks to think about because that means we're getting into the the dog days of uh, December and January in terms of where football starts to dwindle down a little bit. But enjoy it while it's here. And we appreciate all your support for this podcast and the OBR and... Uh, all that good stuff that really does mean the world to me appreciate you guys have a great Friday a great weekend and go Browns